Welcome to Dairy Intelligent, a podcast by VES Artex, a turntide company. Together, we will meet dairy industry intellects and passionate dairy producers to discuss all things cows and connected technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of VES Artex's podcast, Dairy Intelligent. I'm your host, Annie, and today I'm joined by Dr. Hugh McConaughey of Zinpro. Thank you so much for being us, with us today, Dr. McConaughey. We would love to have you introduce yourself and give us some of your background. Hello, everybody. My name is uh, Dr. Hugh McConaughey. Uh, I work for uh, Zimpro Corporation uh, based out of the UK. Uh, and I do uh, technical support uh, for Zimpro products uh, in uh, Eastern Europe uh, and uh, Australia. Uh, the Middle East and, and some of the uh, countries surrounding uh, Ukraine, Belarus, Russia, uh, Uzbekistan. So that's where I work mainly. Uh, and my focus is is uh, is helping to create uh, healthy environments for for cows, um, so that they can uh, live longer and and perform better, uh, and hopefully uh, help to to create uh, more profit for the dairymen. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about improvements that can be made on dairies to enhance a cow's environment, specifically in hoof health, without affecting efficiency of work routines. So to start off, how are cows' hooves designed and does this function work in current housing situations? Okay, so we, we need to remember that the, the hooves of the cows were, were actually designed to, to walk on pasture um, and they and they weren't uh, really designed to, to obviously walk on concrete. Uh, and one of the or two of the problems that are with with concrete, of course, is one that it's a, a very non-forgiving surface. Um, so when the hoof uh, comes into contact with the ground, uh, there's there's no dissipation of dissipation of, of the weight of the of the cow. Uh, and the other problem, of course, with with concrete is that it it changes the center of gravity uh, in the claw. So it's pushing the center of gravity uh, towards the back of the hoof. Uh, and this can create issues with uh, the interaction between the, the pedal bone uh, and, and, and the, the sole. Um, and, and these two factors are, are, are very important uh, drivers of, of non-infectious uh, lesions, hoof lesions in, in dairy cows. So how early in life is hoof health affected? Okay, so I think uh, we, we need to... Um, uh, be clear that, uh, that the way we, we, we manage our uh, young animals uh, can have effect on, uh, on hoof health in later life. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because um, the, the, the bone structures in, in young animals is, is at, a, at, a, uh, at a, a stage of development where it can be affected by external forces. Um, so, so certain things within the environment, like for competing for feed at the feed bunk or, or standing for long periods of time on, on concrete, um, can actually affect hoof health in, in later life. What are some things dairies can do today in terms of housing and barn environments to avoid these hoof issues in young stock? Okay, so I think that the first thing we need to appreciate is, is we can't treat uh, young animals like mature cows, okay, for the very reasons uh, that I've just mentioned in terms of uh, the development and the strengthening of bone that happens uh, during the growing phase. Um, so I think the first thing is, is housing uh, young animals on, on bedded packs for as long as, as possible. Um, but also we, we need to take into account the practicality of that in that uh, 
it's important that these animals are trained, obviously, to lie uh, in stalls. Um, so, so housing for as long as possible on bedded packs, but then taking into account that we need to train them. Uh, the other thing is, is feed bunk uh, management and design. Um, so, so one of the problems that have been identified uh, as a driver of, of, of lameness uh, in, a, in uh, uh, cows is uh, overcrowding at the bunk uh, and, and those animals pushing for feed at the feed bunk at a very young age. So, for example, if we can uh, keep feed pushed up uh, and have the correct design of, in, of the feed bunk, uh, then this is going to uh, avoid unnecessary uh, stress on the claws. So now I'm a little curious, is there a genetic element to how a hoof develops or is it all environmental? Okay, so there's a general consensus that, for example, in one of the most uh, most uh, well-known um, claw deformities of, of young heifers, the uh, rotation of the medial claw, um, in general, uh, people tend to say that there isn't uh, a genetic uh, uh, factor associated with it. Uh, and that it's it's mainly uh, to do with the environment. However, uh, from my personal observations, uh, I think that um, uh, confirmation uh, of the animal uh, does play a role because I've seen animals in the same environment, uh, but with slightly different uh, conformations, uh, having uh, problems and, and the other animals with a different conformation not having the same issues with their hoofs. So I'd say there is an element of, uh, of genetics uh, and, and this maybe uh, creates the problem where we have those predisposing factors in the environment. That is very interesting. So moving on to adult cows, as you said earlier, we know cows weren't exactly designed to stand on concrete, but what can we do to make concrete flooring as cow friendly as possible? Okay, so um, the, the interesting thing about concrete, again, is that the, the cows that actually graze, actually, in, in general, they actually lie down for less time than, than cows uh, that are housed on concrete, okay, because they spend so much time walking to the pasture and so much time um, harvesting grass through grazing, okay? But they, in general, in, in well-managed herds, they tend to get less, less uh, 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 hoof lesions. Um, and concrete, of course, is great from a management perspective because it's easy to clean uh, and it's durable. Um, but the most important uh, factor with regards to, to making concrete flooring as cow-friendly as possible is actually having a comfortable stall to get the cows off the concrete. Okay, So that's got to be the main objective. Um, and the way we do that, of course, is, is providing um, deep beds in the stalls the stalls of the correct dimensions, and also that we provide cooling in the correct places in the barn to encourage the cows to actually lie down. Okay, so that so actually, although we're talking about the concrete flooring, it's getting the cows off the concrete flooring, which is which is critical. Um, and then, of course, there's the the discussion about uh, rubber uh, in alleyways, uh, and I think rubber is uh, without doubt it has a place in in certainly in, in transfer alleys where cows are walking long distances. Uh, but there may uh, also be uh, an argument to use it strategically uh, in the barn, for example, at the, at the feed alley uh, or, the, or the feed bunk where cows are standing for maybe four or five hours a day and also in the holding pen. Uh, and then, of course, another important uh, point is the texture of the, of the concrete. Uh, so we know that, uh, that the grooving 
plays a role, uh, but also the, the the evenness of the concrete. So we want the concrete uh, flat and, and smooth, but we need the grooves um, to improve the traction and prevent uh, slipping. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing um, that we can do indirectly to, to improve uh, the cow's uh, adaption to concrete, of course, is, is the routine functional trimming. Because um, like I said, the problem with the concrete is that it, it pushes the uh, center of gravity towards the, the back of the sole. And we need to move the center of gravity back towards the, the, the toe. And we can do this through, through functional trimming. Excellent. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about how cows are lying in the stalls, the problems that can occur from different types of walking surfaces, hoof trimming, all of that. But so first and foremost, I want to ask when a cow is lying in a stall, what are the effects, if any, on the hooves? Okay, so I think uh, lying down is a, is a healthy thing. I think the, the problem that occurs in the stalls is, is, is when it is during the process of lying down and getting up. Okay, so, um, uh, and this is where stall design and, and the, 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 the material or the bed of the stall is, is, is critical. Okay, so things like uh, having uh, no obstruction in front of the cow. So this allows her to uh, get up and lie down in a way that is, is very close to how she would do it in, in, the, in, in a field, for example, with no obstructions. Okay. Uh, and this um, uh, process of lying down and getting up, uh, if it is more natural, then there's less stress uh, on, on the claws. Uh, and then the bedding material, of course, the deep bed is going to be advantageous because it allows the toe again to sink into the, into the bedding when the cow is getting up. And again, that's very similar to what happens on pasture. The pasture is soft enough for the toe uh, to penetrate into the, into the substrate. Uh, and then to take some of the, the trauma uh, away, which is associated with the process of, of getting up and lying down. What problems can occur from walking on uneven or aggressive surfaces? And what are your top recommendations for walking surfaces? Okay, so uh, some of the problems with with uh, aggressive surfaces are, can, can be two things. One of them can be uh, excessive wear. Um, so uh, by excessive wear, I mean we get the thinning of the sole. Uh, so the speed of the hoof, the horn growth can't keep up with the rate of wear. Uh, and this can be an issue um, uh, in many situations. So what we need to do is, is, is think of ways that we can mitigate the, the wear. Uh, and, and again, some of the best ways to do that is to create uh, surfaces which are not abrasive. Uh, so we need to look at the texture of the concrete. Uh, and then we need to look at areas where potentially there's a lot of um, uh, wear of the sole taking place. So, for example, if we're walking long distances and the cows are buried on sand, uh, that tends to create uh, more opportunity for the sole to wear. Uh, so in those areas, we'd be looking to put rubber. Uh, and then, of course, in areas where cows are performing very tight turns. Um, so, again, coming off the, off the carousel or coming out to the parallel parlor where they're turning 90 degrees, maybe three or four, five times a day, uh, this can uh, create uh, uh, an opportunity for increased uh, sole uh, wear. Uh, and then, of course, the other uh, important problem uh, that, that we have from walking on uneven surfaces is when we have uneven distribution around the hoof wall. Um, so concrete, which is uneven, 
um, or again has a very uh, rough texture or has the incorrect grooving, uh, this this prevents uh, uh, un, prevents even distribution of weight around the hoof wall. And remember, it's the hoof wall that is designed to carry the weight, not the sole. Uh, and then when we get this uneven uh, distribution of, of weight around the hoof wall, then we can see things like white line lesions developing. And again, uh, if we combine tight turning areas uh, with uneven surfaces and poor weight distribution, this can aggravate the situation and, and the risk of white lines can, can increase. Excellent. Those are some really great recommendations. So I want to get into um, hoof trimming, which is obviously a really hot topic. Um, yep. So what recommendations are there for hoof trimmers to reduce forces on the claw? Okay, so the, the main points uh, really are, like I said, so it's all about the, the hoof angle, okay? So, so on concrete, like I said, the, the, the toe uh, can't sink into the substrate like it does when a cow is on a pasture. Okay, so in order to, to, to recreate that or to move the center of gravity more towards the toe, then we need to ensure that we have the correct angle on the toe. So the first thing is, is the length of the toe uh, and the angle of the toe as well. So uh, that's, that's the first point. Uh, and then the second point, of course, is, is creating what we call the model uh, and a big model underneath the, the, the pedal bone of the uh, lateral claw on the hind feet. Uh, and on the, the medial claw of the front feet. Uh, and the reason this is so Im important, uh, it's taking uh, uh, the, the weight away from the, uh, the, the, the back of the pedal bone uh, and transferring the weight to, to the hoof wall. Uh, and again, this, these two functions uh, are going to help uh, the cow to cope with, with living uh, and standing on concrete. So is there a best time to trim cows to help them cope better with their environment, um, whether that's a certain season, a certain lactation stage? Really, is there a, a best time that you can trim them? I think the, the, the first thing we should say is, is we should never have a trimming time set in stone, okay? So if a cow needs uh, trimming or needs attention uh, because we've identified her as, as possibly uh, in the early stages of, of going lame, then that animal should be brought into the shoot immediately and, and treated. Uh, because what we know is, is the longer we leave cows, um, the progression of the, of the lesion actually uh, changes to uh, a, a situation where it actually affects the growth of the bone. Uh, and in these situations, this, this condition is irreversible. So these cows uh, will, will be chronic cows for life. Uh, in terms of the routine trims, I think we should be focusing on, on two main things. Uh, the first one is ensuring that, that, that cows going into the dry pen have healthy claws, okay? Uh, and the reason I say that is because uh, just the process of transitioning, uh, coming back into the next lactation, actually puts a lot of, uh, of stress on, on the claw uh, and the associated tissues in, in, in the hoof. Um, so if we can start um, the next lactation with healthy claws, uh, then we've got a better chance of having healthy claws during the lactation. Uh, I think the next point to consider is we, we, we've, we've trimmed these cows at dry off. Uh, we've ensured they're healthy. Um, but the, by the time they come into early lactation, so let's say about 40 to between 40 and 50 days, much of the work you've done at the dry off trim, for example, creating that model that we talked about, that's already disappeared. Okay. 
So it's good to trim them at this 40 to 50 days, or at least inspect the claws more than trimming uh, and possibly recreating this model uh, because this is going to reduce the, the, the risk of these cows developing solar ulcers uh, during that peak lactation uh, phase. So those would be my two um, probably uh, uh, trimming times that I would, would set in stone. Uh, and then after that, then you need to trim the cows according to the challenges of the specific uh, uh, dairy. Um, so, for example, if you notice that you have cows going lame at, at 200 days, uh, and this is just an example, then you would maybe change your trimming protocol to then trimming uh, a month, maybe six weeks before uh, before that time, in order to to be to to be preventing uh, these lesions from happening. And of course, the other the other time that we really need to be really uh, weary of of hoof problems is 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 post heat stress. So so again, uh, going into the heat stress period during the summer. Uh, it, it's really important that, that, that hoofs are in a good condition uh, because inevitably they will get worse during the, the, the hot summer periods. So heat stress is something we work to combat um, quite a bit here at VES Artex. Um, I'd like you to dive into that a little deeper if you could on how heat stress um, can affect cow's hooves. Okay, so there's a, there's a number of issues, and I suppose one of the first ones that, that's easy to, uh, and everybody accepts, is that uh, w- without good ventilation uh, and cooling, um, cows are going to stand up for longer, okay? So when, when cows stand up for longer, uh, the risk of, of, um, of hoof lesions is, 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 is increased. Uh, but in most cases, the development of hoof lesions is, is not a, a single factor thing. Um, so there will be other uh, factors that will contribute to the development of, of, uh, of hoof lesions in the post-heat stress period. So the standing time is one. The other thing we need to consider is, is changes in the way the cows eat. Um, so they tend to, to eat larger meals, and, uh, and those tend to be bigger meals. Uh, and this can result in in lowering of 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 rumen pH or bigger drops in rumen pH, uh, and, and again this can um, predispose the cow to things like uh, leaky gut, uh, where we have movement of bacterial toxins uh, from from the gut into the bloodstream, and this can create a, an inflammatory state within the body. Um, so you could have ec- uh, increased standing times increase inflammation and these two things then increase the risk of um, of, uh, of of lesions uh, and then of course you know with, with with heat stress we know that dry matter intake drops as well um, and of course the other thing is is, uh, is 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 heat stress alone we know can can create uh, in inflammation within the body uh, so so central to uh, preventing these is is going to be a combination of nutrition uh, it's going to be that combined uh, with, uh, with with cooling, uh, and of course the, uh, the the intensity of, of, of cooling depends on on the, the situation and, and the temperature uh, experienced in, in in the geographical location. So, in terms of hoof damage, what is the point of no return, and how can we avoid it before it's too late? Okay, so. Quite basically, the, the, the point of no return is, is, is when we have uh, either we have a, a, a sepsis within the, in the bone, uh, in, in the pedal bone and in the, in the joint uh, uh, immediately above the pedal bone. Um, 
and uh, or, or the second situation is where we have this this um, creation of these or development of, of calcification of this pedal bone or or the the, the growth of these osteophytes on the bone. Uh, and once we get to a, a situation of, of degeneration of the bone from an infection, uh, which is very difficult to treat, uh, or this calcification of the bone, uh, then these animals are not going to recover. Okay, so uh, and it leads to to chronicity. Um, and and th there's not much point paying a lot of attention to these cows um, because because they're not going to recover. You're better focusing your efforts and your attention on identifying uh, which cows are, are most likely to go lame next, uh, and and trimming those and preventing those from developing these severe uh, claw lesions or changes in conformation of the pedal bone. Really good information there. Um, so we're now at the end of our conversation, but before we wrap up. What does an animal-centered environment mean to you? So for me, the best indication that we have an environment which is it's centered on the animal is where we have cows which are, are able to survive within the system for multiple lactations. Um, because this just shows that uh, we have an environment which is not breaking these cows, okay? Um, and, and things I would say we need to focus on is this uh, appreciation that this environment we're putting the cow in is quite quite different to what it was designed to deal with. So we need to provide uh, the opportunity to, for the animal to come off the concrete to begin with. We need to trim the claws so that it's able to walk comfortably on the concrete. Uh, and then we need to mitigate the negative effects of housing, which potentially are um, uh, high temperatures, poor air quality, uh, and, and, and design of the stall. So all these things we can quite easily uh, mitigate and create this animal-centered environment. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Dr. McConaughey. I think we all learned more about how through changes to design and management, we can have a barn full of healthy, productive, and long-lived cows. So thank you again for your time and insights, and thank you everyone for listening to our episode. Thank you for joining us for another Dairy Intelligent episode. We hope you have found some suggestions to improve cow comfort on your farm or simply just learn something new. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform and let your friends know about us. We would love to have them listen and learn.